Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Well, we began talking about the social justice movement this week, and our plan is to continue to address how this movement threatens the gospel. Um, but before we get there, we actually have to lay some groundwork because part of the difficulty of getting our minds around this movement stems from the fact that not only are new terms um, being introduced, a new vo- vocabulary, but old terms, um, our old vocabulary has actually been hijacked and redefined. I just wanted to insert very quickly that when I taught American government that the, the first thing that we did in every chapter um, that we studied was we defined terms. Yep so that we all were talking the same language. And if you listen to the public um, discourse of today, what you'll find is that people are talking past each each other because the the terminology has not been adequately and precisely defined, and so people don't know what each other is saying because the terms have lost meaning. Mm -hmm. And so I think not just in, in this particular issue, but in all issues, I think we need to be precise in how we use terminology and be um, clear about what we mean by the words that we're using um, so that we can have meaningful dialogue um, that's productive. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the truth is, is if we don't fight the battle on that front, then I believe that we lose. I mean, you guys have heard that old adage that says, he who defines the terms wins the argument. Uh, but we could actually say it more clearly the defining of the terms is the argument. Right. It, I mean, just think about the last few shows that we've done. We're talking about social justice. We're talking about biblical justice. If we adopt the definition of social justice as we've been talking about from the UN and whatnot, then we, we've already lost the fight. We've lost the gospel. We've given up what sin is. We've given up what grace is. We've given up who Christ is. Mm-hmm. So defining the terms is actually um, the argument itself. Um, and I want to bring a, a quick analogy. Um, we already know this with um, our Mormon neighbors. When we're trying to share the gospel with them, what is the most difficult thing? Is it not that we're, we seem to be speaking the same language, but we're, we're actually talking two entirely different things, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, same, same words, different dictionary. Right. And, and that's where, where obviously we need to we need to clearly define terms. So I found this glossary um, on the internet. It's called the ABCs of Social Justice. Um, so obviously not a, a Christian worldview. Um, it doesn't come from the perspective of a Christian worldview. It's called the ABCs of Social Justice, a glossary of working language for socially conscious conversation. And it came from, now I'm not finding it. It came from the uh, Lewis and Clark um, college. And so here is how they are defining some of the terms that we also use. So let me start with this one, equity. Okay, so here is equity according to the social justice movement. The situation in which all people or groups 
are given access to the correct number and types of resources for them so as to achieve equal results. So let's just start right there. How does that definition hit you guys? The situation in which all people or groups are given access to the correct number and types of resources for them so as to achieve equal results. And this differs from equality. The definition goes on, which focuses on equal distribution of resources rather than equal results. So I, I think the, the, the difficulty here is that there are circumstances in which I was in when I was a child that I went to a lot of different competitions, whether those were academic competitions or athletic competitions, that in order for there to be equal results, you would have had to have um, certain handicaps placed on those that I was in competition against because there were people that were smarter than me. There were people that were faster and stronger and more athletic than me. And so at the end of the day, I, I couldn't compete always with certain individuals, but if you want equity, where all people or groups are given access to the correct number and types of resources for them so as to achieve equal results, you would have to deliberately hamper the other person involved. And I, I think just underlying our, what that undermines is the idea that God hasn't created us all with the same gifts and abilities and talents. And, and, and so it, God isn't interested in equal results. What, what he wants is for us to see the value of all of the, the varied ways that he has either given gifts or chosen to not give gifts. And so equal results has not ever been what Scripture was saying that is the, 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 the end goal. It's valuing all that are involved in the process. And it could be that my job was to be a worker bee, and that's a value. There, there's worth to that. And then somebody else is the intellectual um, mind behind the process, and I should value that and see the good in that. And it could be that, well, some aren't really equipped for certain things, and others are, and it's mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason that one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not covet um, you shall not, the, the commandment forbids that you look at what somebody else has and covet it, d d desire it, and, and look upon that in a, in a way that I've, I've got to have that. And if, if this other person has something that I don't have, it must be because there's something wrong, and I've got to have that. Uh, the, the Bible calls that sin. Uh, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible conde <laughs> condemns that as sin. I'm going to get back to a, an illustration that I used on an earlier show about Marxism. Um, that the Marxist is the guy who sees a fat man and a skinny man standing on the street corner. And, and by the way, in my old, in my ancient illustration, being fat is good. Okay, so you got to get that in your head. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, <laughs> the Marxist sees the fat man and the skinny man standing on the street corner. And he concludes that the skinny man is skinny because the fat man is fat. In other words, that the fat man has stolen resources yeah. that were unfairly his that should have gone to the skinny man. And, and fairness, justice would be 
to redistribute so that one has the same as the other. So let me read a quick parable real quick that, that Jesus gave. This actually speaks really well into the equity question. Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. Um, there was a man going on a journey who called his servants and he entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another, two talents, and to another, one talent, each, uh, to each according to his ability. Now, just stop right there. If you're familiar with the Bible at all, you kind of know how it ends. This is a parable about the way that God treats humanity. Yes. In the parable, each person has different ability and each has been given different talents. Um, according to this definition of equity, God is the most inequitable person in the universe. Yeah. Because he's I, I the actually one who stopped listening to you because I was so offended by the inequality yeah. of the giving of the of the talents. Yeah. It just seemed wrong. It, well, I'm and I <laughs> I love your dry sense of humor. Um, but that's the thing. That's why this is actually you mentioned, Phil, a couple broadcasts ago that this is a whole worldview. This is explaining, uh, explaining all of reality. And the problem is, is if you adopt this view of equity, so the equity is the situation in which all people or groups are given access to the correct number and types of resources for them so as to achieve equal results. If you are using equity in that way, you, you have to say that God is not uh, equal and he, he doesn't, he's not for equity. You have to. Right, right. And, and let's be clear as we talk about this. If somebody, if a person is excluded from resources specifically because of their race or their sex um, or any other human condition, if somebody is being ex explicitly excluded or denied opportunity because of some built-in human condition, that is sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is nothing good, nothing right, nothing to be defended there. Um, but if we begin with a definition of justice that says not only must we have equal opportunity, we must have equal outcomes. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you're going to entrust to some authority and presumably government to take resources from group A and give them to group B. Um, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but that's called theft. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's, that's a violation of, of the commandment, thou shalt not steal. And the Eighth Commandment, it assumes private property. The Eighth Commandment, exactly. The, 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 when the, when the, the commandment says, thou shalt not steal, it, it, the Bible is assuming my right to private property. But it's not just that the Bible assumes private property. When they were going, when the people of God were going into the land of Canaan, what you'll find in, in the middle chapters of Joshua is the distribution of land to different families and groups and clans and tribes. Yeah. They were getting specific parcels mm -hmm. that belonged to them. Mm -hmm. And that was a big deal. I mean, Leviticus 25 are, are all of these laws that deal with with how do you deal with property and when you sell property and, and the, the, the year of Jubilee and what, what's all involved with that. Yeah. So property rights is not an Americanism. It's not capitalism. Um, property rights is something that has, is a biblical foundation, that it's okay to own property. That's right. And, so, um, and when nobody needs to apologize for it. That's right. So, right. so if, you, if you've said this before, stop saying this. This is not true. I've, I've said this before back 
when I didn't have a right biblical worldview. If some, if, if if you're the person who says, "Well, communism is a good idea on paper," or socialism is a good idea on paper, it just doesn't work in practice. That's false. It's it's a sinful idea on paper because on paper it says that you have to violate the eighth commandment. It says you have to take what belongs to other people and give it to other people so that there can be fair distribution. That violates God's view on, on private property. Well, and it also, as we've said on previous shows, it, it also assumes the righteousness of one group of people over against another group of people and the sinfulness of one group of people over against another group of people. You know, whereas sin runs right down the middle of every... The truth is that sin runs right down the middle of every human heart. And what history has demonstrated is when when Marxism is applied, you don't end oppression, you just switch out the oppressors. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 it can be, well, it is, in fact, where it's applied, even more oppressive than what it replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, because now, based on resentment and hatred, you know, all you've had, all you have, is a turning of the tables. And which is actually the point of George Orwell's Animal Farm. Exactly, that's what Animal Farm is all about. Got to read that book. You got to read that book. And then, then, then the, the phrase that some pigs are more equal than others will have significance to you. <laughs> Josh, I actually think they have copies of the book that has pictures. Oh, good. <laughs> That'll help my reading. <laughs> Because I don't like books unless they have pictures. <laughs> I use the comic book Bible when I read. <laughs> All right. Well, you've been listening to the. I, I just want to see how Josh is going to salvage this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm salvaging it by ending the show. So you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Um, we hope that these broadcasts have been helpful for you. Um, if you've missed any of these talks on social justice, just go subscribe to the Gospel for Life. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you type in The Gospel for Life and catch up on what we've been talking about. This is kind of the cultural conversation right now. Um, if you've not heard of it, um, we are not the only ones. There are a lot of other good podcasts. Mortification of Spin is one. Cross Politic is one. There's other good podcasts talking about this. But we will hopefully see you next time. This has been The Gospel for Life. 